Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Welcome, everybody, for a very hot topic today on The B and the E podcast. Very hot. Very, very hot, hot topic. Because it's about that hot stuff <laughs> <laughs> called money. Yeah, money. Yeah. You guys like money? You like making money? Do you like how to know how to make money as an artist or with your artistic abilities? Well, if you do, then this is the one to listen to. Um, we're going to go over some things. Uh, I know Evan has a lot to bring to the table. Um, I do as well. Just personally, I'm going to try to share as much of my personal experience. Um, you know, I've been pretty much a full-time artist for the last decade. You yeah. know, I've been learning how to make money through my art, have it be through screenwriting or filmmaking or acting or producing of some sort. Um, or, you know, just in any of those artistic mediums. And it's been, you know, I'll say a little bit of a roller coaster ride finding my path, but now it's become very consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also how to walk away from the money, which is just as important because sometimes, you know, you might want to be making money somewhere else. Uh, for me right now, I'm currently in the transition of actually, uh, I'm a working screenwriter for those of you who don't know me and actually moving into being a working filmmaker and making the majority of my income from my filmmaking as opposed to my screenwriting. And, uh, yeah. And actually, um, right now I'm kind of, uh, looks like I'm kind of going to be going into the development executive kind of process as well. So, uh, you know, being a creative producer and that will be another kind of facet of my filmmaking. I won't just be a quote unquote director also be kind of a, creative producer and then who knows maybe showrunner and things like that we'll see how things blossom but I'm making that transition um so yeah so we'll we'll get into this we'll talk about different mediums different ways how to understand value how to actually charge for the value I really want to get into that that's important um you know how to value yourself as an artist and um you know and even I think one other topic we can get into a little bit is not just the monetary side of value but also um, how to value yourself and how to kind of make exchanges for what you can bring to the table and actually just simply offer value to other people and give them the things that they're looking for, have it be uh, being entertained, moving them or educating them in some way. Yeah. You know, and getting into all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, because for myself, I think, you know, you want to talk about if you want to be an artist making money, like there's there's this, uh, I think that you kind of have to be an entrepreneur. I I think that like, no matter how, like if you're someone like a, like an, like an actor or something and, and you're already like, you know, you've been booking roles and stuff like that. And you're, you've got some kind of, uh, an established presence in the industry and you're getting regular work, you know, uh, then, you know, you don't necessarily listen, need to listen to this podcast. Although, you know, you never know. It might come in handy. I, I think mean, I think, I think there's, there's still something that we can offer you here, but I mean, that's almost on a completely different side of things. Well, I, 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 I find like, it's, it's like how to make money. It's like, you know, that's, that is such, 
that is such a rare thing to, to happen. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's so rare that like, you know, through the sort of the traditional process, um, at least in that side of the industry, it's, it's so rare for that to happen. Um, what for people to be booking work on shows? No, not for people to be booking work on shows, but for people to be booking enough work through the traditional, like auditioning process, you know, of, of like the film industry to support, themselves. to support themselves for a long period of time. Usually people are, most actors are kind of like booking stuff here and there, but there's usually, a, there's a, there's a very small amount of people who are actually, yeah, full time, full time through yeah. that process doing it for most actors, you're going to have to learn some other things in order to maybe even build up to having that kind of a career. Right. But for a lot of people, I think it's, um, having a certain sense to me, I I'm, I'm in this conversation, I'm really interested in, in where, what the future sort of economy is for artists, how that is starting to change and shift and, um, why I think it's going to be something that's more inclusive. Hmm. Um, because right now it feels like for a lot of artistic industry, uh, and for a lot of years, it's operated in a very exclusive manner. You're in or you're out, you're hot or you're not. Right. And you know, when you're hot, you strike. And when you're not, you're, you're starving. Right. Right. Uh, and I think that there are things happening out there just because of, uh, what's happening within economy on a, on a grand scale, not just with artists, but because of, um, technology that we now possess, um, there's, there's going to be more and more opportunities opening up for artists to, um, to get out there for one. I mean, that's kind of an obvious one. Like artists have already been starting to discover that there's so many more outlets than there ever used to be. Um, but also artists finding, um, their audience and then, and then being able to make money, Hmm um, through these new, these new ways. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm really excited about talking. I'm excited about, I'm I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm excited about that too. I also, I also think it's really important to share some things about, you know, just about business because I, I agree with you. I think if you're not, um, if you're not being or behaving like an entrepreneur as an artist, you're probably not going to be making money because you're running your own little personal business. And I think that, you know, people don't necessarily like to look at it that way because they didn't, you know, they probably got into acting so they didn't have to do a desk job or they didn't have to do some, you know, or something like that. But basically if you signed up for the arts, you basically signed up for business. That's what you did because I mean, show business, right? If you want to be in the film industry, it's a business and it's a bigger business than a lot of even other artistic mediums. Same with the music industry, you know, it's it's a business. And the other thing too is, you know, I just want to say before we get into this, there's, there's new outlets, there's new ways to get out there, communicate, connect with your audience. But, um, you, you as an artist have to understand a few things. In my opinion, you have to understand that you are a product and you're a service and you're also, um, like running this, this company as a CEO of it. And in the beginning, you're, you're building essentially a mom and pop shop. And if you want to be like super famous, like say you want to be like, you know, like a Tom Cruise or someone like, you know, way up there like that. I mean, that is like 
basically a multinational company. That's a brand. That's like yeah. Coca-Cola or Nike or Apple, right? At that point. So if you want that kind of fame, you know, and you're going to say, well, I'm just going to be the best actor ever. Well, that won't necessarily build you the best company and, and make you the most money. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's many great actors and maybe even arguably better actors, but they don't necessarily make as much money as the people who know how to actually play the business more. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the thing is, is that there's important things to understand about it. First of all, I just want to say like a couple things. So with, with acting in particular, or with a lot of artistic mediums, there's a term in business, and I'm sure people have heard it before. And if you haven't, it's called supply and demand. And so as an actor, there's a lot of supply and there's very little demand. So what that means is there's a lot of actors, but there is not, there's not necessarily a lot of demand for actors. I mean, there is demand, but the amount of supply doesn't come near to the demand. So yeah. you kind of need to understand that. Now, let me give you an example for just people out there who don't necessarily get this yet. Say you want to get some ketchup, right? You're having a party, you're having a barbecue or whatever. You got to go, go out and get some ketchup. Now you go down the aisle and there's a hundred different bottles of ketchup. No, you know what? Let's just say there's five different bottles of ketchup. <laughs> Which yeah. bottle do you probably choose? Now you probably go with Heinz because Heinz is the most popular. Probably. Most likely. Yeah. Heinz, Heinz has most of the market share for ketchup right now. Now, if there's other options, well, you might say, well, I don't do Heinz because Heinz is like conglomerate, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. I'm going to go with this other brand yeah. or they're cheaper or whatever. But if there's, you know, if there's, um, five options, you're really only picking one or two. You're not going to buy all five options and go, let's just bring them all to the barbecue and, and see what everyone likes for ketchup. No, you're going to pick one out of five. Now with acting, it's like, now pick one out of a hundred or one out of a thousand or one out of 10,000, yeah. right? Cause you're not going to pick all 10,000. And so now you have to figure out how do I position myself and put myself in a place where someone will choose me as opposed to, you know, the other like 9,999 options that they have. Now, the thing is, is like, you're not going to go head to head with Heinz. You're not going to go head to head with Tom Cruise at this point or Meryl Streep or anything yeah. like that. But that's, that's fine because not, they can't play every role. You know what I mean? Which gives yeah. you an option, gives you an opportunity now. And so you got to kind of understand that. And so I think a lot of what we want to get into here, it, from my point of view is let's look at these mediums. Let's look at these outlets. Let's look at our options. Let's look at what we can do. But now that then let's look at the reality of how business works and perception and positioning and marketing and presentation and stuff like that. And that's a lot of what I want to bring to the table because I'll tell you one thing flat. The, the main reason why I've made money as a screenwriter, the number one reason is I positioned myself so well as a screenwriter that I was the only person they thought of. Yeah. And, and for the price that they could get me for and what, what I brought to the table and what I offered allowed me to, to get my foothold there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm mentoring and kind of helping some other people right now. And I'm helping them to brand themselves really hard as screenwriters. Cause you want people to be thinking the moment they think we need a writer, you want your name to be coming up. Yeah. So, cause there's going to be other options, but if you're, you know, so they, I, I'm not, and, and this is my other role. My last thing I'm going to say before we kick this off is you can, you, you want to be in a position where you compete with nobody. If you're competing with other people, 
if your mind is even on that, you're doing this all wrong in my opinion. You need to be like, I don't even compete with other writers. They don't even have a chance against me as far as I'm concerned because we're not competing. I'm in the position and I know how to work that position where I will get the job before they get. They won't even get looked at. They're, let alone compete with me. They can't compete with me. They might even be a better writer. It's irrelevant. I've positioned myself in that spot. And that is how you make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the thing is, is that that's a big part of what I want to talk about today because that will help people to actually, yeah. you know, do this. Type yeah. Of it's stuff. about creating sort of a, a place in people's minds right. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what I'm actually aiming to do now as a filmmaker. And, you know, I'm not going to necessarily be able to be the number one filmmaker with the entire world right off the bat, but I can be the number one filmmaker with certain companies and certain groups to begin or certain people who can help me move things forward. And so from there, I can, I, I can, I can gain more and more of a foothold as I move forward. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But also I have to be willing to let go of some of the screenwriting. So I have to be willing to let go of branding myself as a screenwriter. Cause right now people won't necessarily think of me as a filmmaker. They're, they're thinking of me more as a screenwriter. Yeah. So I have to, I have to push that in front of them all the time. I have to talk about film all the time. I have to be like, I'm making this, I'm doing this. I'm going to film this. This is my vision for that. And then they start to think, Oh yeah, Brandon filmmaker, Brandon filmmaker. Once they start pairing that together, then I'm the obvious choice. Yeah. And then that, and, you know, and that's I think that that's, forward. that's, um, uh, you bring up an, an interesting sort of, it's related to all of this, but yeah, it's like so much of it is, um, is yeah. Like, how are you putting yourself out there? And, and how you put yourself out there is, is informed by, um, your own intention of where you want to go. Cause this is an important part of it. Like, because you can get caught up in this, in this whole sense of, of, cause branding, I find it's like, it's, it's something important for us to be aware of, but I've also seen situations where people get so obsessed with how they're branding, branding themselves that they end up in a place that they actually didn't want to be in. Sure. You know, because you branded yourself sometimes so well in a certain way that now you've actually become pigeonholed. You mm-hmm. like you're, you were this and you're only this now. Mm. Um, and you might discover that the thing that you branded yourself on and, and, and now that you're stuck in this place and you don't want to be there, you know, this thing, like it, it was maybe good for a short period of time because maybe it got you into the door. Maybe it got you a couple of opportunities, but now that's it. That's, that's where you're at. So like it's Urkel not, and family. Matters. Yeah. It's like, there, and it's not that <laughs> you can't change that. Like, well, like for yourself, yeah. like you're saying, it's like, you know, people are thinking me so much of as, as a screenwriter, like that people are just thinking of me as a screenwriter. So now it's like your intention is, is for people to think of you as a filmmaker. Right. Right. And getting very clear on, on where you want to go. Yeah. Is so important. Like it's, it's, you've got to start at those fundamental things. Like before we even start talking about like making the money and how you're going to brand yourself, it's just like, well, what do you want? Like, what do you really want? Because that's, that's crucial. That's, that's the, the, that, um, that cornerstone, uh, piece that's going to, that's going to anchor everything, right? Because that's what gives you the longevity to, to continue on. Because if you don't have a strong foundational point that's based on something that's really genuine and authentic about you, yeah, then it's all going to fall apart at some point in time. Right. Right. There might be some successes that you have, but at some point it's probably going to start falling apart. So 
it's crucial to understand what you want and to have your clear intention moving forward of, of what you want. And then it's about now putting yourself out there as that. I, you know, I a hundred percent agree with you. It, the intention is so important and, you know, to, to even further that it's, it's the vision like that you need to have, right? Because, you know, I was just in a meeting with someone earlier this morning and, and, you know, I was talking to them and they actually, uh, asked me if I'll direct one of their next episodes for their web series. And I said, sure, I'll do that. Right. And people are beginning to start to go, Oh, Brandon's back. He's back. He's making films again. So people yeah. out in the industry are starting to, cause I'm talking about it. They're getting it right. So now yeah. I'm getting jobs to direct. And of course this is maybe not going to be necessarily a paid job, but it's going to be a job. I also had another person come to me recently with a proof and they want me to direct their proof. So it's moving forward. But here's the thing I want to say, the intention and vision is important. I agree because when I started my screenwriting thing, which was really two, three years ago, I went really hard on it, maybe even four, but I went really hard on it, but it was always just a means to an end. My, my writing was only supposed to lead me to start making yeah. stuff. And like, it's weird because, you know, you start doing something for a while and you get really attached to it and it gets a little comfortable. It's hard to sometimes move away from it. Yeah. But I almost kind of lost sight of my vision and my intent. My intent was not to become a writer. And yeah. like, as I was, and I talked to you many times about this is like, yeah. I don't necessarily want to be a writer, but I mean, I can't let go of writing because if I let go of writing, I'm not going to have any money and, and you know, whatever and, and all of this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe I just give up this great opportunity I've built, but I think when you create an intent, you see a greater vision because you might go, well, okay, um, as an actor, I'm going to brand myself really hard, say as like the thug, right? But the thug, I'm going to do this temporarily until I can get enough small roles where I can leverage myself into a new position. And then you're going to have to start probably saying no to thug roles and start branding yourself as something else. But the thing is, is what will happen is with the casting directors around town and with your resume, you'll have enough credit where people be like, well, they've worked, they've done stuff. And now you can kind of go somewhere else. And I think a starting actor may need to brand themselves several times before they get, you know, really to where they want to be so that they've done enough diverse roles so that people haven't totally pigeonholed them as like just the thug or the yeah. party girl or whoever. Right. And so, um, I think it's hard because you're going to be getting work through that branding you did, yeah. but you have to be brave enough and courageous enough to let that go for the greater picture, the greater intent, which I think you're kind of pointing out. Yeah. Yeah. And the vision, you need to have a vision and you need to see how your vision all fits together. Right. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I had the vision of wanting to do the filmmaking and I, I remember being like, okay, well, I'm going to do writing. I can do writing. I can get my foot in the door that way. But then I started to make money as a writer and I, 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 it's hard to explain how easy it is to lose sight of the vision I initially had, mm -hmm. like how easy it is to get in the comfort zone of like, well, people will hire me. They'll pay me money. I can just kind of write, write, write. And the thing is, is for me, the reason why I kind of almost forced my hand was I honest, to be honest, wasn't enjoying writing anymore. And I was like, I don't know if I even want to be a writer, yeah. you know? So I had to really reevaluate and I'm sure there's people out there who are kind of mildly succeeding and they branded themselves hard. Cause I think that's a lot of the time how you do it. And you might be in pain. You not, might not be liking what you're doing. That's a good sign. That's you telling yourself, Hey, like maybe I, maybe I need to take a chance. Maybe I need to take a risk on me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So but as far as for yourself, Brandon, and making 
when you started making money as, as a writer. Yeah. Um, even though that's something you're shifting away. I mean, I think that's still, there's still something very valuable that you learned. Well, it assists, it assists the filmmaking. No, absolutely. But as far as like for, um, just for people listening, like, you know, what was, what was that like building up to that point where you started making money from, from writing? Well, like what was that journey? Yeah. Okay. Well, like, uh, yeah, I'll go over it. Uh, Thanks for asking. No one's ever actually asked that. I don't think. Um, well, I'll tell you this, it, you know, at first it was really exciting, especially when I started first getting paid for it. It was exhilarating. Um, and then, you know, uh, and, and now, um, you know, and so I was going through the process I was doing, I was learning a ton and there's something about being a hired writer, which is a little bit different than writing on spec. I mean, I've written a lot on spec. I've now written quite a few for hire and I've consulted a lot on hire, but, um, now what's interesting is they keep, they keep raising, usually they keep raising the amount, you know, like you, you can, you can ask for more, you can, you know, and there's, I mean, maybe I'll get into this and share how I did this a little bit, but I raised my rate, you know, slowly. Yeah. And, you know, it started to get to a point where it was like, okay, this is a pretty good amount of money to be yeah. making for writing a script. I mean, like shit, I can, I can go for a whole two or three months, you know, even longer sometimes on just the amount they're paying me yeah. and I can just write the whole time. I don't even have to have a Joe job. I don't even have to, I don't even have to teach anybody or do my school. Yeah. It was pretty nice. Right. And so now the, I'll tell you the hardest thing about walking away. So it went through a process of this is great. Total euphoria, a lot of fun, um, to a point of, okay, well I'm kind of have a bosses now I'm being told what to do. Yeah. I'm totally free. Um, you know, to kind of like this love hate relationship with it mm-hmm. to us to kind of a relationship with, I'm not making films anymore. And that's what I wanted to do. And I'm feeling really like I'm, I'm not doing that part of my life. And I'm so caught up in all this writing where it started to kind of be like, I'm not enjoying writing. And then the, the thing is, is it's funny. Cause you know, the more I didn't like it, the more, um, I guess I don't want to say apathetic, but the more aloof I almost came about it all. And so then they're saying, well, we'll pay you more. We'll give you more money, more money. And so it's hard because, you know, you, you, you know, how, how, like, you know, how much money will it take to buy me off to get me to do something? Cause like in certain ways now I'm like pursuing the money more than I'm pursuing the writing. And honestly, if you would ask me this when I was like 20 something, I never would have thought that would have happened for me, but it's really funny how it sneaks up. And now I would say it's very empowering. So to let go of it and to say no to the money, to be willing to take a risk on myself. And, um, you know, I'll tell you one thing though. One thing that helped me is I've learned a lot about money management that I didn't know in the beginning. And that those money management strategies have allowed me to pivot. If I didn't put any money aside, like if I didn't, uh, if I wasn't kind of taking care of myself to some degree and paying myself first and doing that type of model, um, like just every dollar I made, I kept taking 10%. I wouldn't be able to pivot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so I would say, you know, whatever anybody's doing, if you want to go down this road, you know, you might think I want to be a writer for the rest of my life. You might not even think you want to do anything else. All I can say is just take a little bit of that money, put it aside because you may, you may change your mind someday. You know what I mean? And I think for me, that's kind of how it went. It went total euphoria to, this is really cool to a love hate relationship to I'm not really happy, but they're paying me more money. I'm really not happy. They're paying me even more money to, I, I really want to be a filmmaker. Am I willing to let this go and potentially lose everything I've built to do it? 
it's kind of exciting, kind of scary. And then it was kind of like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Holy shit. It's like, we're, we're dropping on, we're falling out of a plane here. I don't know what's going to happen to, Hey, wait a minute. I'm okay. I got a parachute. I'm okay. I'm prepared for this. I'm ready. And then to have now where people are kind of offering me jobs and stuff and I can see it same way it started to happen as a screen around like, I'm okay. Okay. Like my body right now, I'm literally, my skin is standing on edge. It's like chills are going through my body because that's really what it was like. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like leaving. It was jumping out of a plane. Like I literally, my body just had a, again, another cold chill just went through me. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, you, 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 you know, cause you don't feel like you're grounded for a moment. Mm-hmm. You gotta be willing to let go of that. So it's elation and fear and, and pain. And, uh, my dad said something to me when I was really young and I've always tried to carry this with me. He said, enough pain and you will change. And so right. I always try to, I always try to take pain as a bit of a lesson. Like pain's a, 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 it's something that my, my, I'm communicating to myself to respond to. Yeah. Tolerate it or change. And when the pain became too much and I didn't want to tolerate it, I was willing to jump out of the plane to the, in a sense, the yeah. burning plane that was going down. Right. Cause it really, it was going down, yeah. you know, for me, for someone else, it might be going up, but for me, it was going down. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, you know, you, you know, I, 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 that was my experience. Right. It's probably the best way I could describe it. And I think emotionally, I, I try to speak in emotions now because I think I've realized they're the only thing that really matter. Right. The logic doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Especially around so that stuff. Emotionally driven. Yeah. Um, but people, cool. people buy and they purchase and they do things emotionally. Like yeah. when you go out and you buy a new pair of shoes or you go and you sign up for a new course, you do so emotionally. You don't really do it logically, you know? And when you sit on the couch and watch TV, you do it emotionally. And so I would really encourage everybody out there as well to really start checking in more emotionally. Stop using your logic because your logic will your logic will get you to do stuff that's not necessarily in your heart. Like logic was saying, stay with writing, you're making money. You'll make more and more money. Yeah. You know, you'll be rich, you know, but it's like, but I hate it. Like, I I don't want to like, I love writing. I love writing for myself, but I was hating writing for other people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it's not that there's anything. I think logic is a fantastic thing. Like logic is an incredible tool. It's an incredible, um, thing at our disposal, but there it is. Um, it doesn't always give you the whole picture because your logic can, can, can really fool you sometimes as well, Mm. you know, and your logic can, can be flawed. And sometimes it's like, there's, you know, I've had, I've had instances where my logic was, was telling me, you know, that what this thing that, or something that I had been thinking about is like, Oh yeah, no, go for it. Like do this thing. This like, this makes sense and blah, 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 blah. But there was a part of me that was just like, like on an emotional level where I said, ah, but something doesn't feel right about this. Mm. Like I just don't feel right about it. And that's ultimately the thing that won out, you know, in a lot in those situations or when it wasn't the thing that won out, it was just, I would, I would discover later. It's like, shit, I should have listened to my gut. Right. You know, so like logic is, logic is awesome. Um, yeah, you don't abandon it entirely. Yeah, you don't abandon it entirely. Um, yeah. It is it is a, a gift that we have um, that that does allow us to sometimes it, it does help us to see things more clearly. But there, are, it doesn't necessarily take the place of of an emotional intelligence. You know, mm-hmm. the heart intelligence, right? Um, which has its own sort of 
way of, of figuring things out. So it's like using those things in conjunction. Mm. But I want to get to um, what was what was the transition from writing and, and you weren't making money from writing. Okay. The transition from not making money writing to making money writing and getting and people coming uh, to you. To getting paid. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think that's what people are here for. Sure. Okay. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. Um, so, well, you, you and I had written many scripts before. Um, you know, I had, uh, our, our, our little one, the townsfolk I had shared with some people, um, that had, I think, you know, regardless of what happened with that script, I, anybody I've ever showed has always said the writing is really great. It's just, you know, maybe the concept could be a little more whatever. And we've tried to work it and whatever. But our, one thing is that writing actually really helped me, you know, get some, um, open some doors with me because people could see that we were good writers and stuff. And, um, you know, that helped me a little bit. And then I think it was the script, The Burning Blues, that I wrote, which I wrote on spec. Um, I just wrote it because I was passionate about writing this undercover cop story. I had no idea what would happen, but my goal was to write it. And then I was going to just shop it and see if I could sell it. Um, what ended up happening was I ended up meeting, um, producers who were quite interested in, uh, the burning blues. And then another producer who I never knew, uh, which to one of the producers I knew was interested, a financer was interested in it. That financer said, okay, well, we can bring on about half a million and let's see who we can attach this project. I went through this whole rewrite. I did a page one rewrite, not because anyone asked, but because I decided I'm going to do it. And they gave me three weeks to do my page one rewrite. Yeah. I submitted that. They loved it. And then they were like, okay, well, it's too long. We got to cut it down. Fine. So we went through this whole process. Um, and that project, although nothing has really happened with it, basically opened up the door for me to basically be a writer for other projects. Well, they said, okay, well, you know, would you be interested in writing this? And so I said, sure. And so then, um, I started basically, um, you know, well, I think what happened was I'm trying to think, did I consult first? I think maybe they got me to consult with some people first. I consulted, they loved what I did with consulting. And then, um, and then I got my first, basically my first job to write. And so then I wrote, and then, um, one of the people I had consulted essentially wrote a script that like, they didn't even know if it was going to be any good. Like they were like, this is an already artistic kind of thing. We don't yeah. know what's going to happen, but they went through timeless. I basically ran them through timeless and, um, which is your course, my course. Yeah. And then this person came up with a fucking dynamite script. It's so good. It's yeah. just epic. And that, because I actually consulted on a job to help someone write a great script. Um, it really gave me a lot of credibility. And then, so then further, and then, um, and then I think I got the next one I got was the true story. And then, you know, and then the sci-fis have kind of just kind of come in that way. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and it, it's been interesting. Every single one's a little bit different. Um, you know, and I kind of got to f- experience the company side of being hired and the individual side of being hired. Um, but really this is what I would say to anybody who wants to be a writer. I write every single day. So I just say write every single day, just get in a habit. If it's five minutes every day, it's yeah. fine. I do 30 at least, but you know, a lot of time I'll do more, but just write every day and write a script on spec and plan to just totally rewrite it from page one. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best advice I can give you. And don't ever fall in love with your work because all I can say about being a hired writer is 
you're going to have to rewrite stuff. And a lot of time you, you're going to have to throw out everything that you wrote and just write it again. I, I, I'm one of the projects, you know, uh, I'm totally rewriting it from page one. Yeah. And it's, I'm excited about it. I actually I love page one rewrites. I like them actually in some ways more than reworking a, and a script that I'm not pumped about, you mm. know? And, um, yeah. So I, I'd say, uh, you know, write scripts on spec and then what you got to do is kind of, um, I think you got to go out and you got to meet people, but without an agenda, just simply to connect with people and to learn and be curious about them. And also like, I mean, I tr- like, I don't want to promote my school here. I'm not trying to say that, but if you want like mentorship and guidance, like people can just literally reach out to me. I'll help them, yeah. you know, because that's why I created the school I did. But, um, there's one thing is that I learned through the process that there's a lot of bullshit out there. There's a lot of people who just talk like they're a big deal and you need to get almost like a, you know, they call it like a gaydar, like a producer, <laughs> like a, you know what I mean? Like a, like you gotta, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta get kind of a, 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 a radar, like a, yeah, a yeah, producer, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you want to call it, but a bullshit radar essentially. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? You need a, you need a radar so you can bullshit start detector, a bullshit detector. Yeah. You know? I'm trying to think of a term, but you basically you need to kind of get a sense where you can kind of tell if someone's maybe bullshit so that you, you know, but the same time, here's the other thing. I had a producer literally like multi-million dollar, you know, dude, like very successful who just seemed like he was so bullshit. And I basically snuffed him and my buddy's like, do you realize what you just did? I'm like, what? He's like, that guy's like a big fucking deal. Like, and he was interested in your shit. I was like, really? I'm like, fuck, I thought he was just a bullshit. And he was like, he's like, yeah, man, like you kind of, you kind of weren't cool there. And I was like, oh shit. And so, you know, I maybe burned that bridge, but you know what's going to happen every now and then? Cause the thing is, is the thing is I have enough people who will vouch for me now that it doesn't really matter, but cause people know I'm good people, but, um, you know, at that time it felt like I fucking like did a real big bad, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> but the thing is there's so many people that are like scammers and bullshit artists. So for those people who are starting out, what I would really say is here's a rule that I just live by money talks and bullshit walks Yeah, and try to get the money into the situation as quickly as possible and don't wait on it. Don't, don't write things, you know, don't write things on for other people on spec, you know, and, and try to really assess them. Like, here's the other thing too. There's kind of two people to write for. And I know I'm kind of going off here, but there's producers to write for. There's people who want to develop your project and they're more the money people or the development people. Um, and then there's like those young filmmakers who they might actually make your movie, but they m- might not necessarily be able to bring you the money. But if you really believe in them, cause maybe they're the next, like, you know, Kevin Smith or Tarantino or someone or whatever, or a yeah. young Spielberg kind of person, right? That you might want to write for them for free because they'll get your stuff made or they'll move you forward to get seen. And, and, and so, you, you know, that's why I want to say also, don't do everything just for the dollar. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's kind of a bit of a dance, you know? Oh, absolutely. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a dance and it's, and, and it's a balancing act. I mean, there are certain, there are certain things that you can go forward with, um, with a certain level of confidence and and there's certain things that, you know, people can give you advice and we can get like, say things and, and give you advice, um, to a certain extent, but there's a certain level to which it's like, well, you know, that's going to be on you. Right. You know, like you, you're going to have to sort 
that one out for yourself based on, on what your impressions are. Um, and as well as like, just in, as far as like what I've been hearing from your sort of ex- your experience of, of how it all, that transition happened for you. It's like, I mean, first off is, you know, you write, mm-hmm. like, you know, you do, you do your work, you learn how to do what you do. Yeah. Um, you learn how to find your voice, you mm-hmm. know, like, and, and, and find your expression as, as genuinely as you can and get re- like really good at doing it. And then the next step is putting yourself out there. It's putting your work out there, you know, like you meet, you know, you make connections all the time. It's not, you know, cause I'm not a big schmoozer. Yeah. I'm not a schmooze person. I don't like going to like those types of events, but I still find myself like going to things like here and there just cause of like the circles that, you know, you'd be surprised at, um, the contacts that you have just through like the circles that you already have. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you'll meet people and you can put your work out there or not, you know, it's like, right. this is, you've got to vet people. That's like, you know, you got to be a little bit smart about it too. But I think that it's always a good policy to, um, to not assume bad intention from, from other people, you know, like yeah. that's, that's a big thing. I think that's a huge, um, that's a huge falsehood in artistic industry is that people are trying to screw you all the time. And certainly there are people who, um, maybe make more of themselves than what they are. You know, people talk themselves up to, or they promise things that they actually can't guarantee that they can deliver on and stuff like that. You know, there's that stuff does happen, but for the most part, I don't think people are really trying to screw you. Um, (laughs) for the most part, sometimes literally they are. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess there's that whole side of it too. Well, Uh, you know, I actually, uh, just side note, I had a, I had a teacher in LA and she's a brilliant woman. Uh, I think Candace Silvers, I I don't know if she still teaches, I'm not really sure, but she had some really great advice I I found, but you know, she, she kind of said, you know, you're going to have people that want to sleep with you, especially as an actor. You're going to have people that want to sleep with you. She's like, good, good. They should want to, why not? But you know, but, but be aware of it, know it, you know, it's okay. I mean, nothing has to happen here. It doesn't, it doesn't make it wrong because they're attracted to you, you know? But the thing is, is, you know, if you have a certain kind of self-respect, you know, you can, you can, you can work with that and you can be empathetic and compassionate to the fact that that's happening. It doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. Yeah. And then I met another guy is a, is a young producer. This guy's super successful. Um, and he was saying, man, he's like, you know what? You know what the number one thing I tell anybody in Hollywood? I said, what is it? He says, chastity. He's like, just don't sleep with anybody. You'll yeah. be the most important person around. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, because yeah. once people give it up, you know, then you're used up. And he's like, he's, and I was like, you know, it, it's, it's true in a way that, you know, and, and I think the thing is that some people talk about the whole sexual side of the film industry as this really bad thing. Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's not business protocol, but it's the film industry. There's a lot of beautiful people. There's a lot of, there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of parties. There's a lot of things that will happen. Um, there's, you know, yeah. high life. It's a high life. It's, you know, and the thing is, is that it's, if you want to be in Hollywood, you want to play this game. That's how people kind of want to live. And so, you know, you know, not everybody does, but it's there. And yeah. so you just kind of go, okay, it's all right. But yeah, I think when you say like, screw you over, it's not like anyone wants to do you wrong. It, yeah. They just want to get what they want to get. You yeah. Know? And you've, and it's, uh, and yeah, like that's ultimately, it's up to you to decide, you know, 
what's crossing a line for you, what's good enough for you, what isn't. Yes. Um, and that goes as far as like a professional relationship as well in terms of like, so, you know, you've, you've gone through, you've been doing your work, you've met somebody that you trust, you, you show them some of your work and they say, it's like, wow, this is really great stuff. Like Mm -hmm. what else do you have? Or, you know, and that's, that's very often what will happen. Yeah. This is really great. What else do you have? Yeah. It's like, what else do you have? I mean, this might be kind of have a whole vat of scripts. Yeah. That's another important note. I want to tell other screenwriters you want to, you don't want to have one script. You should go to the market when you have three scripts. Yeah. You know, when I started, I had many scripts. I mean, I had the townsfolk, we had the burning blues. I had another script. I can't remember what it is right now, but I had several scripts actually. Yeah. But I had three that I was really happy with. Yeah. And that really, that's important. Yeah. yeah. It's cause it, it shows something. It shows you've been working at what you're doing, you know, right. and, and with every script and I can speak in my own experience with this is that like, cause I, I'm not, a, I'm not a working screenwriter. Like yeah. I don't that, but that was not you something could be if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I could, but that was never something I really decided I, I sure. really wanted to do. I, I write scripts because I don't know. I, I, I've only have really written scripts that I've wanted to write. Right. Like I've never written anything on spec. I'm just like, I'm interested in just, I have the story idea. Well, they, you, they, everything we've written together. Has oh yeah, spec. absolutely. But it's like, it's all been like something that kind of like, comes to me that Uh, like, that really is something that I feel called to do as opposed to, all right, I'm like, you know, sitting down as a working writer. You know what I mean? Totally. I, I, I'm almost a bit of a tourist with it, but it's something I really enjoy engaging with. And uh, and as far as the process and, and as far as I know, like I, I've written some pretty good stuff, but, um, and enough stuff that I could bring things out there, you know, like I'm just like, okay, I've written some stuff here, but for everything I've, I've written like on my own and with you, it's like, I've learned so much from it. You know, mm-hmm. you really cut your teeth on, on the practice of it, you know, and, right. and involving yourself in, in the craft and then putting it out there, putting it out, you know, that's so important. I think in terms of, because this is a process that like on the way to sort of making money through your art, it is a process and it's going to, you know, it might be slow to start with because you've got to learn for one, how to sure. do what you're doing. And then you maybe put your work out to some people who you trust, Yeah. you know, who, you know, you can trust, say, what do you think of this? You get some feedback and you do, you do it again. Right. And you, and you work it and you work it, you get better, you get better. And then you start to meet people who, who can make stuff happen. Right. Right. And you put your stuff out again, you know, after you've kind of vetted, you've established that, you know what, I have a level of trust with this person. I think that this person is on the level, you know, you have, um, you know, your, your boundaries are not being crossed. You, you are in your integrity mm-hmm. with it. And, and then the next part of what you had said in terms of your sort of process and how it happened was that then they said, it's like, okay, well, it's too long, yeah. right? The script is too long, right? That was which my is, biggest challenge in the beginning, which yeah. is, Um, and now we're talking specifically about scripts, but as far as art goes, being a person who is, who is willing to work with, with you, you know, being someone who's, who's open to working with other people is so crucial. Um, as far as establishing a relationship with someone, because if you've, so you've got that relationship, you've made this contact and they've read your thing and they say, it's like, I really like this. And they, and they see promise with it because obviously they're following up with you and say, it might be a little bit long. Right. And then you go, okay. As opposed to being like, 
well, it's perfect as it is, so you either take it or you leave it. Mm. You've just cut yourself off at the knees there. Mm. Um, as opposed to being open to ideas, suggestions, being somebody that then others can see, it's like, oh, you know what? They're willing to have a conversation. This, and again, it doesn't even, it's like the whole thing with sleep. You don't have to sleep with these people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't, you don't have to make these changes, but you have to kind of show a willingness to listen yeah. to the concerns. Right. Um, and to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, because otherwise yeah. nobody wants to work with you. I mean, the other thing too, is like, you know, I think, there's a fantasy too, like of that you can talk about everything, but there's going to be a lot of stuff you're not going to be able to talk about. Like, um, you know, it would make things extremely awkward if you were around somebody and you knew they wanted to sleep with you and you kind of called them out on it in a way that was not, not cool because it's not really fair to them either. Like, I mean, you know, I'll be honest, like I've, you know, I've worked with, I've worked with people, you know, I've worked with um, actresses and other, you know, other people, you know, other producers, female producers. And like, I, you know, I look at them and I'm just like, my God, this woman is absolutely gorgeous. Like she's so beautiful. And of course there's a part of me that's attracted to that. Right. Yeah. Um, now, uh, if she, if she called me out in some way and, and like, you know, like if I was being weird, fine you know, maybe that's not appropriate, but I, I don't think I'm being weird. But if, if someone kind of called me out, that would probably make it kind of awkward or whatever. But if they, you know, whatever, it's there. I just assume it's there. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. when I was younger, like when I was in my twenties, like, especially like my late twenties there, um, oh man, like my, my early and late twenties, like, you know, propositioned and kind of situations, precarious situations I got myself into. Um, you know, I found that that happened quite a bit and it happened a lot in LA, I'd say like, you know, there's a lot of situations where that happened, but, um, you know, I think the thing is, is it's just kind of like, you know, if anything, all I can say is just kind of be cool with it. You know, like people, people, sex is a big part of our world. It's we're human beings. We want to eat. We want to have sex. We want to sleep. We want to, you know, we want to do lots of things. We want to have fun, but you don't have to make anybody wrong for that. Where I, yeah, we're being judgmental of, of, yeah, yeah. Don't be judgmental. But at the same time, I'm not saying that it's okay for people to be creepy and weird. If yeah. someone's making advances or saying things that are inappropriate, you call them out on that immediately because they're being inappropriate. But if, if just, you know, it's kind of there and you're, you know, you don't have to make them wrong. Like there's people who like would, you know, if you're, you're say young, hot actress or young, hot actor, there's people out there, men and women, by the way, yeah. You know, if you're from the Midwest and that you're not familiar with that, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I came from the burbs when I got into film industry, you know, um, I didn't really ever meet anybody in the burbs who was gay. Right. Until yeah. I got into the film industry and I realized, wow, there's a lot of people who are, there's a lot of, and, and, you know, this might sound weird to some people. There's a lot of men that want to sleep with me and stuff, you know? Mm. And, and the thing is, is like, you can go, Ooh, Oh, you know, whatever. Like, that's weird. But the thing is, is like, okay, what, whatever I'm not going to do it, but it, it's there, it, you know, like that's, that's what they're sexual preferences. I don't, I don't care. Thing is, is the way I look at it is let's do great work together. We can be friends. We can hang out, whatever. If things get weird, we'll say something. You know, I, I had someone, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I had somebody in my life, actually a photographer who was making advances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just said to them, you know, I said, look, what you're saying right now, the stuff, it, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. Like, I don't, I don't mind whatever. Like I, I get it, but like, 
I don't want you to say this stuff to me. It's not cool. Otherwise, if you're going to keep doing this, I don't really want to keep associating and hanging out. And yeah. they were like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that it upset you or whatever. I won't do it anymore. And I said, okay, great. You know, I'm, and it's not a big deal. It's just, it's starting to get to a point where you're kind of saying stuff that to me is inappropriate now mm-hmm. and whatever. And, and it's cool. And we have a great relationship, you know? And the thing is, is that just kind of, I don't know, like I want to just kind of say, just kind of be cool, you know, be cool because you don't have to like conflict does not have to be like a fight. You know, yeah. I always saw conflict when I was younger and I was usually scared of conflict cause I used to see it as a fight. And then as I got more mature, I started to see that conflict didn't have to be a fight. It could just be, you know, cause usually it's a misunderstanding of yeah. some kind that can be talked out like pretty easily <laughs> and a, and a cool head helps a lot with that. Right. Sure. And yeah. so, you know, I, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to get too far off topic, but you know, when it comes to making money in, in the film industry and, and, and being in this world where you're, you know, you're going to be working with people with power and a lot of money and, and position, um, as an artist, you're going to probably be in a position where you don't have a lot of money and you don't necessarily have a lot of ends and these people you're going to maybe feel dependent upon. Um, I can say that if they're real and they're worth their salt, they'll respect your integrity. I can say that across the board. And if they're not real, they probably won't respect your integrity, but it won't matter because they're not real. Because, you know, if anything, I think what people also like about me is actually, I think that I do have a lot of integrity. I mean, I've been building it more and more and being more forthright and more open about where I stand and what I want, what I don't want. And I think what happens is people like hard lines. They like it when you draw hard lines and you can kind of, they can kind of know where they stand with you Yeah. and they can work with that. It's when you're fuzzy and soft and kind of like yeah. airy fairy and whatever, you know, like you got to kind of, you know, you don't have to be an ass about your, about where you draw your standards, but you, you can be clear. You can be clear. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is sometimes you don't ever have to talk about it. You just got to know it. Yeah. That's enough. So totally. I think this is great though, because we're not just talking about writing, we're talking about acting, we're talking about filmmaking too, we're talking about, you know, working with people with money, we're talking about navigating this crazy wild industry of film. I I, I could imagine the music industry is, has some similarities to it, I I wouldn't be surprised, Um, you know, but um, young, hot, good looking people and money, there's always going to be, there's probably always going to be sex, you know, that's going to be there. I mean, I used to work at a restaurant everybody was sleeping with everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, God. It's crazy. Right. So and that's yeah. not even like people are not making really much money there, but it's just, it's just the world we live in. You know, it's just, it is yeah. what it is, you know, yeah. and you don't, you don't have to participate. People are trying to sleep with the people that are in their circle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. I, I mean, just, you know, just kind of do your thing. So anyway, yeah. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if we, we covered that topic, but I'd love to kind of get into some of the stuff that you were mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into that, okay, let's, uh, let's just do a mention on the beer here. Sure. Let's do it. What do you, what do you think of this? Oh man, it's another winner. Let me give me another, another taste. Um, yeah, it's good. It's tasty. It's, it's been nice and light and refreshing. I think it's got a little bit of a hop to it. Um, feels like it's like an ISA or like, uh, like India session ale or maybe, uh, uh, what do you call it? An IPA maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's something, there's some hoppiness to it. Okay. Um, or what is that? ES extra special bitter maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. And maybe something like that. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting, but it's nice. It's not too hoppy for me. It's nice and refreshing. It's light and cool. So I like it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, 
we are drinking uh, the Don Pilsner. Oh, nice. From the Parkside Brewery in Port Moody. I've been having a few things of theirs recently and yeah. really enjoying all the stuff that's coming out of Port Moody these days. Um, so yeah, Pilsner, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like a little bit more, it's almost like a hoppier kind of a lager almost. Mm. So there's usually a little bit more of a, well, that's what a Pilsner is, a, hop, a, bite a hoppy to it. lager. I think so. Somebody mm. will probably, you know, mm. here's this will be like, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to get, actually, I have a guest who, um, is, uh, someone who rates and, and does beers or whatever to come on. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, that, that would be, you know, like we can of all the about... beer that we've drank on the show, we've never had like a brewmaster come on the show. Yeah. And we can have more, you know, but or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, like someone to really talk about like that. Cause that's an art form. I mean, there's art sure. forms everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, this is good, man. It's, it's always nice to have these nice refreshing mm-hmm. beers as we go. Um, but, okay, so, so move, what, should, what should we get move, into now? Moving along, yeah, okay. like what, for me, what I think is, is, is like one of the most important things for an artist to, to learn is, um, a sense of entrepreneurship, yes. a sense of, of doing your own work, not wait because, you know, like when you're waiting on someone else to give you an opportunity all the time, it's just like you'll, you'll go stir crazy. Um, you'll, your creativity gets completely stunted because now you've made your work like contingent upon, you know, somebody giving you an opportunity. Right. And it's like, and as we've sort of already been even touching on a little bit is that, you know, a lot of times the people will start, people will start to give you opportunities when they see that you've been creating your own. Hmm that you've taken your own opportunities in, and it doesn't even have to be, uh, a huge thing. You know, it can be, it's just like, Oh wow. They've like gone ahead and already written three scripts or they've put together. And, uh, if you're a musician, they put together an EP or they've, they've done some, some short films they've done, you know, like you've been doing something, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I think even like La La Land kind of even tells that story. Right. Have you seen? I well, haven't yet. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, like it's kind of make your own work. A kind little of bit. like it, yeah. in, to some degree, you know, like, like what happens when you just kind of put something that you're passionate about out there, you know, just, just for your, just for yourself, right? Just for your own sort of inner artist, you put something out there. Hmm. Um, you know, you take that leap and amazing things can, can start to happen from it. And when you can consistently do that, um, then that even furthers it along, you know, like it's, it's because basically it's like, as we've been exploring, like with just with your own experience, it's, you got good at what you did, you put it out there. Somebody who like a good person really liked it, puts your name out there, mm-hmm. you know, cause basically they can say, it's like, Hey, this person knows what they're doing. They're good. I can vouch for them. You can work with them. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's like, and, and that's really like the, what needs to be in place mm-hmm. for somebody to be like, Oh, all right, for sure. I'll give them a call and we'll hire them or we'll like, see if we can work something out. No, no kidding. You know, it really does work that way. Like, and, and here's the other thing I want to say, cause you know, I, I, I didn't mention this, but, um, yes, make your own stuff, start investing in yourself and create that. But, um, start helping other people like 
literally try to help everybody. Like, um, you know, my mentors and the people who help me a lot now, um, I think a reason why they vouch for me so much and like really, um, really invest in me is because like, I literally go out of my way to help them. I think that's what makes me different than most people they work with. Like I will literally try to find ways to help them. Like I will find other writers to try and, you know, get them projects and I'll, I'll I'll figure out what they want and I'll try and get it for them, Mm -hmm. you know? And the thing is, is that, you know, if they, they'll come to me sometimes, they'll be like, Hey, do you know any actors or actresses or whatever who can, who can be in this thing we're doing? I'm like, sure, I can, I can help you. Here's some contacts. And so they can go to me as a resource too. Right. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that you want to become a resource because once you start helping other people, you're going to start to find out they're going to help you a lot. And I don't think you should help other people because you're trying to get them to help you. I think unless, I don't know, maybe you want to do, I don't do it that way. I just do it because I'm like, I want to help people. I want to help people I care about. And the thing is, is what I find is a really amazing thing is they end up helping me back in ways. Mm -hmm. And it's, it comes in ways you don't expect. It comes in, 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 in often what's really neat about helping a mentor. Like I actually, I'm going to write a book eventually, especially I'm going to have one topic, one chapter that'll just be on like how to actually attract a mentor. Cause I get that question a lot. And the, the things that I try to do is I, cause most people try to get a mentor to get their mentor to help them. I just assume that my mentor is going to help me. So I just try to help the mentor. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is they get really excited about me. Like, I mean, who you'd want to help? Do you want to help the kid who is kind of just taking, 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 or do you want to help the kid that's like always kind of there going, Hey, you know, um, I I heard you needed this. Do you want that or whatever? Oh, thanks. Hey, I wasn't even thinking about that, but you got someone thinking about you. You're going to be thinking about them. You you can't, you almost can't help it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I want to also share with people out there. You want to create an omnipresence. You want to be on everyone's mind all the time. And the way you do that is help them get what they want. Don't ever be the crab in the bucket. Never pull anybody down. Yeah. If you, the moment you do that, just imagine that you destroyed 10 times the wealth that you will gain yourself by hurting somebody just a little bit. Yeah. So you want to, you want to really think that you're putting money in a bank and you're putting money in and you're not getting anything and you're putting money in, you're putting money in and you're putting money in. And then one day you're going to get a big payout. You're going to get some big payouts and it's going to be compound interest on what you invested. And it comes from giving, 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 and just offering value. And what's neat is you don't really need to necessarily, um, do, do, it doesn't have to cost you anything. Like I just, for example, just the other day, a, a couple friends I hadn't reached out to in a long time. I just messaged them and say, Hey, you know, I was thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. I just wanted to say hi, you know, have an amazing summer and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think when you get a message like that, it's just such a wonderful thing. And I think about how they'll feel and I don't know if they can help me or give me anything. I'm not sure, but I like them and I care about them. And so I go and do stuff like that. And what ends up happening is, you know, you, you end up getting opportunities, you get things back. Right. And so, um, I think that's a really, really important part, you know, Gary Vandercheck talks about that. He says, give, give, give before you ever ask for what you want. Give yeah. three times as much as you ever ask for. And, uh, you know, um, I also have a contract there, you know, it's on the fridge, but it's, a. Um, it says, you know, I'll do three things every single day to help myself move my career forward, but I'll always do one thing, no matter what, every single day to help someone else free of charge. Mm. And I'll always share the value that I gain. 
And, you know, this podcast has been wonderful for me because it's given me the opportunity to just consistently do that as well, even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you start putting stuff out, you know, you, you're eventually, it's all going to come back, man. It's like a boomerang, right? Yeah. So the more you want to try to get, just give, give more, you know, yeah. and don't just, th- and that's why I want to say like, don't just think monetarily, like you don't necessarily have to give money to get money but you need to give value and value is different than money. Yeah. Right. Money is just one kind of value. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you, you get stuck in that trap of, of only, of only doing when there's something coming out of it, you know, or something that you want out of it. Um, you know, we've talked at length about like what that does to your creativity, you know, and how that, and how it, can stifle that because now it's like everything you do is contingent upon something else as opposed oh, yeah. to just doing it. And the thing is you like <laughs> create and put your shit out there. Like that's like, is, isn't that like what the whole point is? Hmm. The whole point is to create. That's why you get into the arts. You want to create stuff. You want to, you want to just, you want to play. You want to, you want to let your imagination run, run wild. But then the thing is, is then we think we start to get this fear creeps into us about how are we going to live? Hmm. How are we going to go on? Yes. You know, like, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's worth having a thought about, but we make it so important. Hmm. We make it what everything's all about. And so we stop creating and we become so selective and we become so closed off to, to what we're doing. Right. So we stop creating, we stop and, and, and we stop putting ourselves out there and the stuff we did create, we're not really putting it out there. We're like very, like we we're very cautious all the time about how we're, we're doing this. And, and then you, you're kind of left in a, in a limbo mm. where you're not doing a whole hell of a lot, which isn't the point. You know, it's, uh, the more and more I, I'm seeing, especially in, in, and we're going to get into this of how economy is starting to work and how we're starting to understand how economy works because now it's like we're seeing because all the internet has done is it's established um, such it's removed barriers for how quickly and how closely we can interact with each other mm-hmm. right so our our ability to communicate with one another is just so so immediate so quick there's there's nothing getting in the way and it's changing economy our ability to communicate is changing how our economy works. It's actually giving us an insight into how we kind of actually are Hmm. in a way, you know, like how, like, how do we actually work? How do people actually function? How do we really connect with, with each other? Um, and, and it's, so it's reshaping, um, economics. It's reshaping, uh, how business operates and, uh, and this is a very, very, very exciting thing for artists to, I think, pay attention to mm-hmm. because there are, are things, and, and I'm going to put a link to this because, um, there's a terrific, uh, Ted talk from the guy who created Patreon. And he's just talking about how like, there's this whole, like creatives are about to be entering what, I mean, I don't think he necessarily said this, but like, there's sort of an, a golden age for creatives that's like upon us mm-hmm. because essentially there, we don't need to rely upon, um, you know, all of these huge established 
um, industries and, and companies and, you know, whatever that have been in place that in some ways were required in order for you to get your stuff out there. Right. You know, at one point in time, it's like, if you made music, you want to get your album out there. Well, you need for one, like recording equipment, like, and being able to do a recording was a lot more difficult. You know, like, like now it's like, you can get you can create a better recording studio or have better recording equipment like for a few hundred dollars in a bedroom than what they were recording with back in like, you know, the fifties and sixties and stuff, you know, like it was just like, you've got like, you have access to actually better stuff, you know, like obviously technology has evolved, but your ability to, to create your, to create work and to put it out there is just like that. Mm-hmm. You can do it or you can find other people who are doing it still if you want to help you, but you don't need to now go through somebody to now transfer this onto vinyl or transfer this, this onto a cassette or transfer this onto a CD, which has to be put into a jewel case and you need to somebody to manufacture that, you know, and you need to cut like, there's all of this stuff that went into it. And then that all had to be shipped across for people to even know that you were doing anything. Right. Now it's just like people can just download your album. You can put your shit out there. Um, But there's all sorts of new things that are opening up right now for creatives to, to make a living. And, uh, and Patreon is sort of one of those companies that, that is establishing kind of a new economy. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting in the talk is that the guy was saying, he's like, I I don't even know necessarily where this is going to go because this is still so new. It's like, but right now, like there's 50,000 people on Patreon who are earning a salary, essentially. Like they are based, like they are earning a salary. They are consistently month after month making money. And it's, and it's directly with the consumer. It's directly with the audience that this is happening. You take out the middleman. You take out the middleman. And so I think that, I mean, it's interesting. There's these trends that seem to be happening. Like I've, we've had conversations, I've had conversations with other people as well about the whole, like celebrity culture has changed a lot. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we don't see stars kind of like we used to see them, like thinking of specifically of the film industry Mm -hmm. or something, you know, it's like, will we ever see somebody like another Tom Cruise? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think we will. Um, because, and, and again, it's because of the way that we can communicate now. It's the way that we can get our information. We can get our media. We can get our entertainment. We can get our art. It's just like, it's kind of more spread out now. It's not so narrow anymore. So it doesn't. So with that, you kind of, you might lose out on that opportunity of being that like huge Tom Cruise esque figure in the business. But with that kind of going, there's also this room that's been established for, for artists to have kind of their own niche, Mm. their own niche of people who really love their work. You know, it's like, yeah, you know what, maybe you're not a household name, but you know what, there's like, there's a couple million people around the world who know who you are. Right. And they love your work and they'll come out and see whatever the hell you do, however you distribute that. And you are actually monetarily, um, you're monetarily taken care of, taken care of right. because of that. 
you know, like you have, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, this talk was just, it was so fantastic because he's like, you know, you look at, and you're going to share a link on the blog. I will so. share a link on the blog. So, so definitely check that out. But you know, he was, he was showing how it's like, you know, you have 22,000 people who watch a YouTube video or something. And we kind of think 22,000, that's nothing. Yeah. Right. That's nothing. It's like, but then he's like, look at this. And he showed a picture of a sports arena with all of the advertising that's going on in there. Mm. You know, it's like, it's about the same amount of people. Right. But we think, wow, that's getting out in front of a lot of like a right. huge ton of people. So it's like, there's this whole sort of, um, there's this whole sort of disconnect that, that's, that still is in our own minds about what that actually means, what these numbers actually are, you know, like it's just because we're working on sort of like a more accessible table where there's millions of people, like million, hundreds of millions of people who have potential access to seeing you that, you know, 25,000 people regularly checking out your stuff is nothing. It's like, well, it's, it's actually not nothing. Mm. It's massive. That's a massive audience. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's a couple of things I want to say. Um, one is that, you know, old mark marketing and media used to be that you just threw as much shit in front of the people as you can, and you hope that they connected with it. Now it's becoming very ultra specific. So you send it to people who you already know are interested in it. And you, you basically try not to send it to people who you know won't be interested in it. So marketing is becoming more targeted. And so it means in some ways less people, but more interaction from the less people. And our model with uh, BC Film Academy, which is my school where I teach people how to make films, is my, my model is to offer real, actionable value that will make yeah. a difference. Not just talk. If, and if you go to our Twitter account, like if anybody wants to go to, you know, BC film Academy at BC film Academy, go to our Twitter account and just read our feed. It's fucking awesome. And the reason why it's awesome is because I, I'm in charge of it right now. Eventually I may hire someone to help me with it, you know, as we expand, but I want people to have like within 140 characters, I want you to take something that day and I want you to be like, holy shit, this is great advice. And so I'm tailoring everything we do towards, I want 140 characters and I want it to be awesome. So the one that we throw throughout today was, uh, how long does it take to write a script? <clears throat> one page a day, 90 days, two pages a day or three pages a day, 30 days. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, five pages a day, 18 days, 10 pages a day, nine days. And, and simple, boom, straightforward. You hear that you go, holy shit, I could write a script. I could do a page a day. I could do 90 days. Yeah. You know, I could do two. I could do three. I could do three days. I could write a script in a month. All of a sudden people are going, someone shared it. They go, this is awesome advice. You yeah. know what I mean? And we, and, and then I try to reach back out right now, you know, try to reach back out. We've grown exponentially in the short time that it's been around. And so the thing is, is what I want to go back to my initial point, give value, give value, give value, give value. Now here's the thing. We, if you look at our Twitter feed right now, like literally every single post has at least, at least like, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 likes on it. It has like, you know, seven to 20 or 30 reshares because people are sharing it. They're passing mm -hmm. it around. And so the thing is, is that, you know, um, 
what, what I've been learning as I've been taking on this little mission is I'm really seeing that like, you want to cut through the crap, offer real value, you know, and that's what people really want. But, you know, I I had a meeting with someone this morning and they were talking about how they're starting their own business and I'm giving them a bit of advice. You know, people are starting to reach out to me. It's interesting too, because I guess I've said enough times now that I want to do entrepreneur and business. So people are starting to connect that with me too. So people are reaching out to me to help with their businesses too. And I have been learning a lot. I wouldn't say I'm a business guru by any means, but I've learned some pretty cool shit from the grassroots up. Mm -hmm. And so I was giving him a bit of advice, but he was saying, you know, um, I feel like there's all these people out there and they're just acting like they're hotshot gurus that know everything and they're not really offering any value. And I go, you know what? It's true. You're going to see a lot of that. And this is what I've learned is that marketing will make more money than a good product will. But a good product with great marketing is exponential growth. The problem is if you have good mark, good, good product and no marketing, you probably won't make money. So people err on the side of marketing and don't worry so much about a good project and then our product. And he was saying, Oh, so like, that's why their leg longevity doesn't work. And that's why they die out. I'm like, exactly. Because eventually people figure out the product is not good, but people have a certain kind of right now they'll buy into a shit project product because the marketing is good and they'll find out it's crap. And then what happens is people get a bad taste. So when someone is actually offering a good product, it's actually refreshing for people Mm -hmm. because now they take a risk on it and they go, well, this is actually really good. So in some ways for us to prove how good our school is, I'm like, well, let's just, I have so much stuff I can give you. I have so much experience. We have like, there's countless of bits. So I mean, let's try and give as much value as we absolutely can just for free. Because mm-hmm. what ends up happening is people go, this is really, really valuable. And then they, you know, and then they kind of reach out, right? I had someone just the other day reach out from Italy or something to say, like, I want to work with you. I don't even know. I'm just like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to really see the effects of kind of going about and doing this. And, and you know, I've been doing this for about, I'd say, we've been doing this model for about a year, you know, and there's about 3000 or so people right now who are following our Twitter account, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's 3000 people who are really active and they're sharing it with everybody and they're liking it, you know, and they're talking about it with each other. And so, you know, um, you know, our mutual friend, Shane, he taught me a lesson actually, on uh, uh, this last weekend. He said, he basically really helped me see that if you want something, very rarely is the go- is the way to get it direct. You actually need to do these several things before you can have that thing. Mm-hmm. And so your goal might be there. But what happens is I think people get so focused on the goal. And I was doing this too. I was making a bit of an error. I was going, I want this. And he helped me see that you actually have to set up this and this and this, and then you can have that. But you may want that, but recognize what you have to set up first mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Yeah. And he actually used the dating analogy. He said, uh, you know, um, well, just think about it this way. Imagine you had a really attractive girl that was hanging around you, but you weren't sleeping with her. There's nothing intimate. She's just your best friend. And you don't, you're not going to sleep with her and nothing's going to happen there. How much do you think your credibility goes up as a guy hanging out with a good looking girl for other girls, for other men? How much do you think that helps? I was like, well, yeah, it helps a lot. You know, people look at that and they, you know, and, and, and so in certain ways he's like, well, that's, that's it. You see the problem with a lot of men is they go out and they try and sleep with every woman they can. And they wonder why they can't, you know, why they can't, 
essentially attract or interact with the men and women they want to. Mm -hmm. And, and so if everybody's just using each other all the time and trying to get something immediately, we, we don't necessarily open the door for ourselves. And so he really helped me see that with relationships, with business and with everything. I mean, he's a, he's a brilliant dude in my opinion. I just, our talk was epic, but, um, I'm really starting to see that more and more and, and really trust the process even more and, and seeing how it relates to business. So, you know, that was, that was good for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, so, I, so what I'd say for people is instead of like, know what you want, have your focus, have your intention, have your vision, but understand that your, your, your focus and your vision and your intention all require little pieces to help put that together before yeah. you ever make it happen. You know, I, I actually wrote a little blog today and I wrote, um, you know, this is how I see goal setting and this is, how I'm seeing it more and more now than ever, but I see it first. You have to direct yourself, direct yourself where you want to go. Then once you're in your direction that you want to go, because there's so many directions you could go, go in that direction. Now aim. I want you to aim at what you want more specifically in that direction. Now define the target because until you figure out the target, you'll never hit it. And I think where most people fail is a lot of people don't even know what direction they're headed in. So they're just lost. They're totally aimless. They're, they're probably never going to achieve their goals and dreams because they're just aimless, right? Yeah. Other people have direction, but they don't have any aim. Mm-hmm. And then other people have aim, but they don't have a target. So you need to have direction, aim, and a target. And the target is specific. And I heard it said that a goal isn't, I want to be rich. A goal is, I want to make $5 million in three years. That's a target. Mm-hmm. So when you set a goal, you need a target. And the thing is, is that you might need many, many targets before you get to the big target you want. So don't aim for that target. That's like so far away, aim for the one that's really close, which will get you a little closer to the next target and the next and so on. And so, um, I'm really beginning to see the importance of process in all of this, which, you know, I, I think I'm realizing more and more, I'm a, a little bit like impatient. And so it's really teaching me to really just take a breath, stop, be patient, you know, don't, don't, don't worry if things aren't happening immediately as far as you want them to go. Just do the little things right now and you'll get there. And in my life, if I look at any success I've ever had, I mean, really, it's always worked that way. It seems so obvious to think about it now, but you know, you get caught up, right? So, um, you know, this is something I think I want to kind of impart on people too, is that, you know, maybe you want to have this YouTube channel where you have a million subscribers or whatever, you know, and you want a certain amount of people paying to like help support your career. Well, that's not going to happen tomorrow or today, you know, that's going to take time. So mm-hmm. what can you do as a, as a step-by-step process to make that work? I mean, just look at this screenwriting story I told. Yeah. It started with us writing a script. We didn't even know how we were going to write it. Then we wrote another script and then, you know, I went off and I, I, I created that soda soldiers, of the apocalypse show. And then, you know, and then I wrote my burning blues. So by that time I had written yeah. like, you know, I'd written several scripts already. I'd already written a couple others on it mentioning. And then, you know, so now I've done that. And so now I have something. And then, you know, I started going down to AFM, you know, after we did that one time, I kept yeah. going down, meeting more people, interacting. Those people introduced me to people. There's a lot of steps that had to occur, mm-hmm. you know, before I became a hired screenwriter, but it didn't necessarily have to take that long if I knew what I was doing, but the, it does demand the, a bit of patience. Yeah, it demands patience. And it depends that you keep just taking steps forward and little steps you don't know, but they're going to get you somewhere. Yeah. So I feel like that's an important part of this conversation too. Oh, yeah. Because I think when people, you know, I think when people hear like, oh, well, I want to make money, I want to do it right now. It's like, well, 
There's Get lots rich of quick schemes. Exactly. And shit, you know, like yeah. There are ways to make money right now. They might. They just might not be with doing like writing or acting or music or something. But you can use your serving job or your whatever you're doing, selling shoes. I sold shoes for a little while. Yeah. You, know, you can do that for a little while to make the buck, and then as you work slowly on your craft and you build yourself, eventually you can replace your income with this new artistic yeah. endeavor. You know, I, I have a friend, uh, her name's B Smith and she actually one time called me. She's got amazing art, by the way. I don't want to throw her name out. Yeah. We should actually give her a reference in our blog. Incredible, incredible art. Yeah. Um, she draws these, uh, she takes natural things. Like she'll take like a log, right? And she'll paint like the sky and like, there'll be like an animal in it with like trees coming out. It's incredibly mm. beautiful. And she was like, how do I charge for this? What do I do? And so um, she was submitting for something and I, I kind of, we did a talk and, and now she's making really good money from what I understand from her art and she should be because it's beautiful. But you know, her challenge was simply just not knowing how to actually share her art and get it out there. And I'm so glad to see that she's, you know, she's doing that. Um, you know, and I wouldn't say that, you know, I'd say maybe I contributed in a small way. She's the talented artist. You know, I maybe just pointed her in the right direction, but sometimes that's all you need. You just mm -hmm. need somebody to say, Hey, why don't you try doing this? And that's enough. But you know, she really, she had spent years working her art. And I remember when I first saw it, we were at a, a backyard, like kind of barbecue party and she started showing us and I'm like, this stuff is incredible. And she was like, she wasn't even making any money from it yet. She didn't even know how. And now she's living up north and she's selling her art all the time. And she's like a legitimate, like, she's a real money-making artist, you yeah. know? And I just think like, shit, man, like she built her skill and then she learned and she, she asked the question, she asked for help. Right. And mm -hmm. then, you know, and that's, and that's how it works. Yeah. Think, you know, and found, and found her, her audience. Right. You know, which she, is yeah. like, to me, cause that's like really what marketing is all about. It's right. like, you got to find your audience, it's finding your eyes. How are you speaking to your audience? Sure. You know, like, um, get, get rid of this idea. If you have this perspective that marketing is this thing of like selling people, you no, know, it's not selling, it's people. not selling. They already people. want to buy. You just got to find that's them. That's the thing is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just searching for the people who have been waiting for you. Yes. Like that's <laughs> what marketing is. It's like how, like are, are people who have been waiting for you able to find you? Right. You know what you do. They've been just fucking begging for what you do. And suddenly they come across you cause you've been putting yourself out there. You've been putting your voice out there. You've been talking about what you do in the language that, you know, that, that connects somebody to you mm. and they go, I already wanted this. I've been wanting this and here it is. Like that's, that's essentially it, you know, and our ability to do that is greater than it ever has been. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I want, I just want to say as a thing for like, for artists out there, it's just like, man, it's like, I, I do think that there is like, we are about to enter a, a new golden age, you know, it doesn't quite look the same as it used to be. You know, it's, it doesn't quite fit the same mode, but there is this golden age that is opening up for artists that is going to be more inclusive. That's going to be more supportive, um, for a greater range of artists to, to thrive, mm. you know, to have careers, you know, to, to be making, you know, I'm not going to say you can't go ahead and make, you know, millions upon millions of dollars doing what you do, but you know, 
a real opportunity to be making, you know, a, a six figure salary a year doing mm-hmm. art. And like for a lot of people to be doing that, you know, whereas and right now you people, built that's in your control, not exactly. something that someone just kind of happened to give you and can take away, but something that yeah. you earned because you earned your own audience and they're directly connected to you. Yes. And they're, and the only way they would go away is if you make them go away. You know, you don't, you don't ever have to wait, worry about anyone ever pulling the rug from from under you, you know? And the thing is, is that the great thing right now too, is I I I also want to second on that is that fans who really connect with you or clients or people who work with you or whatever, when they build that loyalty, they build that and they're going to be there with you. And, you know, they're going to stand up for you. They're going to be the ones that you'll never have to fight a battle anymore because they're going to be the ones that are looking after after you, you know? And so that's why you got to, you know, you want to look at it as a symbiotic relationship. You know, you're not trying to convince anybody that you're, you're going to give them something they don't want. You're going to give them something they already want. And, you know, largely too, you want to also start to figure out what do people want and how do I give it to them? That's why you got to give first because you're not actually going to be really talented at your art until you start figuring out how your art is of value to other people. Sure, you love doing it, but if you want to make money at it, you got to figure out like why other people want to pay for it, like why they want it. And I mean, you know, when, uh, you know, and I'd love to get B on this at some point, you know, B mm-hmm. Smith's her name. I'd love to get her on and she can talk a little bit about her journey as an artist. But, you know, when you see her art and you see it's very original, it's very unique and it's just very cool. I mean, it's not, maybe it's not for everybody, but I'm sure the people who love it really, really love it. And, you know, and I, I don't know if she necessarily went out I, I, I don't think she went out with the kind of idea of like, I think everyone will like this kind of art. I think she went out and she really, she had this kind of interesting connection with nature and she could see some, I don't know, some type of relationship. She wanted yeah. to put that into her own artistic expression. And then she went out and shared that with the world and she found out how to communicate it. I tried to help her a bit with the communication side yeah. of it. And then she got a response and people liked it and they continued to like it. And if they don't, she still has the artistic skill. She can still go somewhere else. Yeah. But right now she's building a neat brand. Oh, absolutely. You know? And yeah. the thing is that the brand, again, it's based on who, who they genuinely authentically are. Right. You know, it's not some sort of thing of like, well, what do they, what does, what does, you know, the, what do they want? Like this sort of very abstract they that seems to operate a lot within artistic industry. At least it has been traditionally. It's just like, well, what do they want? For one, you can never know that, but you know, we still try and be something that people want. And Mm -hmm. so we end up, uh, subjugating. We end up, um, sacrificing our own voice, our own talents, our own gifts, our own, like what, what, what is actually the thing that is going to make us who we are, that's going to make, um, the connection with people, we end up sacrificing that out of some notion, some idea of what we think industry wants. Mm. Right. And that's becoming less and less and less of a thing. I yes. So, you know yeah. what? Like big celebrity might go away, but there's going to be like, I feel like artists are going to start, there's going to be all these like mini celebrity that are going to just start like poking up. And as far as like, real genuine artists are concerned Mm -hmm. because you're not, you're not trying to cater to anybody who says this is hot or this isn't right. You're directly speaking and, and creating authentically for people who are, are probably kind of like you, you know, people who are generally connected to you. 
I think that's, that's extraordinary. I mean, I think we are at the dawn of seeing, um, some of the best, some of the greatest art from all sorts of modalities and, and expressions that like, probably not since like the, the Renaissance or something, you know, like, and the Renaissance was a time where artists were really supported. I think that we're heading back into that time where artists are going to start being supported and we're going to start seeing just extraordinary, extraordinary things just popping up yeah, seemingly out of nowhere, you know, and, and there's going to be these people who, who are just creating work that they love without any, without any, you know, hold on them. You know, there's nothing pulling them back. Hmm. People are just going to be, you're going to start seeing artists going full out and creating stuff. Why? Because they can, hmm. because they're, they found the audience for them, you know, which is just like, man, you got an audience of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people might seem like, it might seem kind of small, but as we're f- the, our economy is starting to find a way to support people through these numbers, it's, it's going to become a reality for, for artists to, to just do what they do hmm. and they'll be able to pay the bills. Yeah. And then some, you right. know, like, I think, uh, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. What's going on. I think it's super exciting. I think, you know, the other thing too, is I want to say is like, yeah, the celebrity, celebrity is changing in a lot of ways, but, um, you know, I think, uh, one thing that artists might want to keep in mind right now is that people like to be treated like people. They like to be treated like they matter. And, and I think old marketing and old business models was treating people like numbers and just kind of grouping them and categorizing them. And I think we're in a time now where, you know, people matter. And that's where the, that's where the smaller artist who's, you know, um, beginning can really begin to have that real market share, that real pull. I wanted to share something earlier, but the kind of conversation went off a little way. So I want to mention it now. Have you ever heard of the head and the tail in marketing? No. Okay. So the head, Oh, maybe I have, you might've heard of it, but I'll explain it. So there's the head and there's the tail. And so the head is like, you know, if you want to say, um, let's just talk movies for a minute. The head is like the studio pictures. It's like, you know, and the head is like where all the money kind of is really made. Like the most of it is made in the smallest amount. Yeah. And the tail is where a little bit of money is made. And and the tail can be very, very long because money can be made, you know, for, you know, for a lot of small little productions. Right. Well, what's happened with marketing is the head has become somewhat smaller. Um, and the tail has grown really, really long, you mm-hmm. know, like, and so, um, what's happening is money, the amount, the, the amount of money is probably even more that's being made, but it's just being spread out more and more. Yeah. And the tail is only going to grow. And the thing is, is when you start, you're on the tail and until you become like a Tom Cruise or a major motion studio, right? You're not, you're not a part of the head. So the thing is, is that, you know, they will make more money for like one particular picture, but where, where, um, you know, the newer artist can make a certain amount of money because there, the, the tail used to be really short in the past and now it's really long, which means a lot more people can make money, but less money. Yeah. And, and so this but is still good money though. Exactly. And so the thing is, is that, um, you know, 
as an artist right now, if you are on the tail, which you, you know, if you're not, if you're not even making any money, you're kind of at the very end of the tail. But if you're starting to work your way up the tail, I'll tell you that the thing that I, I I'm learning and 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 I and I believe in, is that you've got to treat the people who are paying you the money right now like they really matter and that they count and they're the people. Because the thing is, is that right now they do matter because yeah. you don't have. You know, you don't necessarily have millions or whatever of people who are paying you money every day. You might have, you know, the thing is, is that right now, if you had, say, a hundred people who are really true people who are like behind you, well, if a hundred people were giving you, say, 20 bucks a day, well, that, you know, that'd be a, uh, you know, that'd be a, that'd be a worth of money, right? That would be, you know, what, a couple thousand, thousand bucks, right? A thousand bucks, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if it took, if, and let's say, well, what's it going to take to get to a hundred people to, to be worth, say, and I'm not saying those hundred people have to give you the 20 bucks, but if you, if you're making that money, well, what do I need? A thousand? Well, a thousand, you could do a thousand. Couldn't you? Couldn't, couldn't you do a thousand? Well, could you do 10? Okay. You could probably do 10. Do you think you could do a hundred? Okay. Given enough time, you could probably do a hundred. See, it, it's incremental. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is, well, you go, well, you know, I only have a hundred thousand fans, but this person is 10 million. Well, who cares? Cause you know, what matters is how much do your fans care about you? You know, like if you look at BC film Academy right now, it's a really interesting time. We have 3000 followers are, and I don't consider them competitors. I consider them our allies, our team, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at some of these other film companies who are, who have their Twitter accounts and they're been where around way longer and they have literally 10 times, if not a hundred times more people than us following them. But ours get, get five times more likes, five times more retweets than theirs. So that tells me that not only are we getting more interaction on our tweets than they are on theirs, but we have way less people, which means that way more people of a percentage of people who actually are interested in us are interacting with our material. Yeah. Which is really, really neat. So the thing is, as I look at that and I go, okay, well, you know, BC Film Academy is going to be one of those companies that is going to kind of be a leader in reshaping how we treat, you know, how we treat our connections, how we treat our people. And, you know, the thing is, is there, there's going to be people in, in, in my vision that will never pay us ever a single dollar but they're going to be like, this company's really valuable. These people are really valuable. Yeah. And I like that. And they you don't know, ever have to give us anything. Just the fact that they find a value is enough. Cause I know that them doing that will help us in the long run. Yeah. But if you're always trying to get, 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 that's where you lose people. And if you don't treat people like they yeah. matter, you know, well, you know, it's like, it's uh, it's funny. It makes me think of, um, it's the thing one of my, my old acting teacher, Larry Silverberg said to us, he said, don't go bigger, go deeper. Hmm. You know? And I think that's kind of like where things are, are steering towards, you know, it's like, everybody's thinking about going bigger. It's just like, no, go deeper, build, build, I like s- that. build stronger connections yeah. with what you have, you know, like build, like create and, and it's so interesting. It's like this whole conversation has been so fascinating because I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I've already been aware of this in some senses, but like, yeah, like there's just like been this, this grab, like this sort of gravitational pull in sort of a new direction with the way that things are being done, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, it's like, like even look on, on the scale of, of like 
you know, like here in Vancouver, we're, we're metropolitan, you know, type of place and whatever, but I've seen it such a drastic change. And I know this has been occurring all over the place where it's, there's less of a focus, um, as far as businesses go, um, from retail to, um, restaurants and, you know, stuff that we really like, you can really be like, okay, these are just like industries. These produce a product, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's how much of a shift there has been, how much people are wanting a deeper connection to, to these basic things like where they buy their clothes, Mm. where they buy their coffee, where they go out for dinner. Mm. You know, it's just like, I don't, people are more and more not wanting to go to, to big chains, not going, wanting to go to big sort of faceless companies, but wanting to have a connection to the place that they're going to. You know, like, where did this place start? Who is this person? Like, what's their thing? You know, and really feeling a level of personal connection to, to serve this labor of love that somebody has, has put together. Right. Uh, and I, and, and that's just, that's happening on the streets. It's definitely happening on the internet. Like, (laughs) yeah, like it's just, it's, it's just this massive, um, shift that's been, that's really been occurring, uh, almost seemingly under the radar, at least for me, like, it's just like, oh yeah, this whole thing has just been sort of happening, hasn't it? You know, like just this, this trend, this, what people are starting to desire. And it really is connection. Mm -hmm. I think connection's big, man. It's, 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 it's huge. And, uh, you know, we did, uh, you know, we did some test marketing with, uh, you know, with clients and stuff like that. And we had a pretty good reach. And I'll tell you the number one thing that people wanted was community. That was the number one response I got from people. Everybody across the board wanted community and they want a real community that they really feel that they matter in and that they care and that they can use and build with. Wow. And I thought, you know, that's incredible. And so, you know, with BC Film Academy, we've gone out and we've been building that. We've been building a real community with real people. It's, you know, and, and figuring out how do we best make sure that that's managed and delivered and orchestrated in a way where people can not just, you know, take in our content, but really start to collaborate together and work and support each other and build that vision and that mission. Because, you know, the way I see BC Film Academy too, is I don't like, I just see myself as kind of the seed to growing something that's so much farther beyond me. And, and, um, it doesn't really matter if, if one day people don't even realize I was the guy that created it, you know, but that doesn't really matter because eventually we're going to get in more experts and more people who have had other experiences and, um, you know, and just really bring this very nurtured community in together. And, um, my model though, is I just look at like film schools and I look at a lot of these film programs and I just don't like, I don't like it when people are trying to teach people something that won't actually give them any value. Like they can't actually do anything with it. Like when you do a course with me, at least I want it to be like, okay, you wrote a script, you Mm -hmm. made a movie, you went out and you felt what it was like to talk to investors. You actually packaged your project. I don't want it to be like, I learned a bunch of theory and I figured out how to do this thing, but I want you to feel and interact with the world in reality as you're learning. It's like, theory meets reality. And so you can start to see through your own experience, because I also believe that, you know, just maybe it's just because of me and maybe it's because I'm a little bit defiant, but I found in my experience, 
I learned most things by actually doing them. And my mentors, my best mentors were always people that said, Brandon, go try this, go do this. And then you can come back. We'll talk about the results. And so I would go out and I would try it and I would learn and, you know, I'd fail and then I'd figure it out. And sometimes if I couldn't figure it out, I'd talk to my mentor, my mentor would give me some advice and I'd work it out, but they didn't, you know, I think I'm lucky because right now I have pretty good mentors who don't, they don't really tell me how to do anything. They tell me what to look for. They tell me where to kind of go, you know, Mm -hmm. direct me. And then I learn through my own experience. So it becomes mine. Right. And so I try to, I try to do the same things with the, the clients and students I work with. I try to get them to go out and actually do it. And, um, you know, uh, and, and I find that they, they need to realize that like there's, I can tell people all sorts of stuff, but they need to go out and kind of learn it and experience it before they'll recognize the value and what I can kind of share with them. You know, and I had a, you know, I had a client, one of my clients recently said, can you give me this like definitions for all this stuff? And I said, well, no, I'm not going to do that. What I want you to do is what we've talked about and the questions I asked, I want you to just let that play in your mind. Cause these answers, the, the definitions, you know, you can read them, but the thing is, is you need to deter, you need to find that definition in yourself. And you know, one thing I've, I, I recently read this in a book too. They, the book pointed out, it said, you can teach someone something and, and if they apply it, like after they learn it, if they apply it, the amount that they will actually learn, like, I, I don't even remember the statistics. It's absolutely incredible. Mm. So like they said, if you read a chapter, if you wanted to be really great at school, for example, you should read a chapter of your book and then immediately close your book and write out what you learned in that chapter. Mm. That will actually do the job. Don't just reread a chapter, reread it over or right. reread the book. That's not going to be that yeah. valuable for you. You actually need to read it, then apply it, read it and then apply the next thing, read it and apply. And that and they did a test like test scores. It was absolutely incredible. And, and this was like scientifically, you know, they, they did examples of this, right? Like it's proven that people who actually apply what they learn are like, they're basically the A students of the world. Yeah. And so, you know, so I, I'm really trying to embrace that model and any other teachers or mentors or people who come in and kind of help to assist the content of it. That's kind of be, trying to be the model that I want us to stick to where people walk away and they really feel like they got the value, you know, because I think, um, you know, when I, when I talk to like somebody and I say, well, you know, you can read a book, if you can read a book for it, then read a book. Cause you can go to the used bookstore and get it for 10 bucks. You shouldn't have to pay us hundreds of thousands of dollars for you to get that information. Yeah. But when you're ready and you want to apply that information, you want the guidance on how to do it. And you know, uh, you want to feel like you got the team and the support group and all that stuff, then come to us. We'll be there for you. But like, you know, um, if someone doesn't have a lot of money, I, I have a, sh- you know, if people want to ask me, message me, I'll give you my hot list. I'll give you my hot list for books to read mm-hmm. for screenwriting or for filmmaking. I'll give you my hot list and read those books. And you know what? If that's enough for you, great. Don't ever give me a dollar because that's all you needed. But if you want to take things a little bit further, then you come to us, but I don't want to be that, that company. That's like, let's just get everyone to spend their money. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's good. No. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's kind of the Jerry Maguire thing. Remember he has that, <laughs> he says we should put more time into our clients and less like trying to just make money and have numbers. Yeah. And ironically, like through his whole journey, 
you know, he ends up kind of becoming this really, really great agent who's just like, has real care and love for his client. And he had to go down to one to kind of, you know, build from there. And he was working for this company that was very like, kind of, you know, really, if you look at them, they're kind of heartless and like, you know, his own friends were selling him out and, you know, and so the thing is, is that, um, that's kind of the way I look at it. And I think the world doesn't want that conglomerate anymore. It wants that person that is really there to actually help you. And I think people are tired of bullshit. They don't want to do schools where they're like, you know, where they're not really getting real world knowledge, you know, but at least you can go and you say, you know what, I I actually am learning something. I actually give it a go. And, you know, you get that real taste of what it's like to actually be on a film set because you made the film set because you did it. It wasn't like you went to film school and they gave you all the cameras and gave you all the people. You went out and you found those people. You figured out how to get people involved. You learned how to raise your own money, right? You sat down and wrote your own script, you know, and, and you got that real, like, that's what people need. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think right now people are, are, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You can be in film, you can be in anything you want to be in, but people are deeply looking for true connection, people who really care and people who really want to see them succeed. I think that's what people want. And I think that people will pay a premium to have the real deal. They will. And the thing is, is that, cause I know I would, cause I'm like, you know what, if if I did, I did my business school cost me 10 grand. I didn't even have 10 grand. I had to borrow 10 grand, but I, I did my business school and I made the money back so that I could pay back where I took it from. And it was a risk, but I believed, and it was Lee McIntyre. That's who, you know, and it was incredible. And I, you know, it's been an incredible school, but the thing is, is I could tell, and I had trust with him and I trust with his team that they would give me real value. And they did. And sometimes every once in a while you might invest in something that doesn't give you that, that great value, but it's fine. But the thing is, is like, that was some of the best money I ever spent. Was it a risk? Of course. But the thing is, is I would pay a premium for great stuff. Yeah. And so I really started to look at it going, okay, well let's work with less clients, but let's get better results with clients, you know? Yeah as opposed to mass marketing. And we're going to try to open it up in some ways so that we can work with more people at a lower rate. But, you know, but for the people who are really serious, kind of keep that, you know, where they can get that personal attention and care so they can get the real thing. Right. And so when I'm talking about this, the reason why I'm sharing this is because you as an artist, are you working at a premium? That's my question right? Are you, are you offering a premium? Are you giving people say real value or are you just giving them fluff? And you got to be honest with yourself because mm-hmm. you want to make real money, give them a premium, you know? Cause the thing is, is when people get something great, I'll tell you this, they talk about it and that is the best marketing in the world. Yeah. There's not like, I can talk all day about myself, but if someone gets up and they say something about me, which people do, that's going to sell you way more than I could ever sell you, you know, because the thing is, is that, you know, I can say all I've said today and people can, who, who maybe it's the first time they've ever heard me like, Oh, maybe I'll check out this Brandon guy. Maybe I'll look into him. I don't know. But if someone else, if they went out and started messaging some of my other clients, said, what do you think of them? And, and they hear some of these other clients and they hear, you know, if they uh, message Pauline and they said, you know, she won 40 awards with her film, you know, message her and ask her what was her experience of it, you know? that might be enough for you to go, okay, I got to work with this guy. But you know what? 
I just need to create that many people over and over and over again and I'll never have to market a, another day in my life because once those people start talking enough, that's how things work, right? And I think that's where the world is going right now. And so if people really want to make money, you know, build, do offer one person value, you know, you know, and I think that you just don't know, you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when there's going to be a turning point, but just stay consistent with it as much as you can. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm thinking. Why don't we give people some action steps they can take now, what they could do right now, like some, just like narrow it down where they could just start today. And, um, maybe we'll do our takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any action steps particularly that you'd love to give people like just to say like, as of today, they just listen to this podcast. What can they just walk away and do right now? Uh, as of today, um, you're going to start showing your work to somebody, everything that you do. Okay. Every, every, everything that you, um, have created to, you know, that like, cause some of it, it's like, if, if you're like, no, this is shit, this isn't good. I'm not going to say you have to show that to anybody, but yeah. something that you're like, you know what? I I'm, I'm proud of this. You've put yourself into it. Um, show it to somebody. I don't care who it is, but you show it to somebody. Stop, mm. stop keeping your stuff to yourself. Mm. I think that would be my first thing. My first action step for people to do. Okay. Um, my first action step for people to do is, um, I would say, okay, I would say it's kind of a three part process. Pick a direction that you want to go. Like you're, you're like, you know, an aim it's generic, it's open. It's kind of your dream is your direction. Okay. Then narrow it down. And this is going to be your focus. So there's your dream and then there's your focus. Now your, your focus is where are you aiming? Within that dream, where are you aiming most of your attention at? What do you really want? Get a little more specific. And then I want you to pick a target, something close to you right now that you could do either by tomorrow, by the end of today, or the latest by the end of the week. Something that you can accomplish and you know you can do it. So this might be like, and it moves you in your direction towards your aim. And once you accomplish this target, I want you to immediately set another target that's either a day ahead a couple days ahead or a week ahead or whatever, end of, end of the day. And, and just one, that's it. You only get one target. That's it. And you make sure you can do it. So for example, um, you know, a target I might have for tomorrow is I'm going to, um, write a blog on, there's a specific target that I, uh, topic I want to write my blog on. So tomorrow I'm going to write my blog because we're, we're going to start, um, doing a lot more, uh, content, free content sharing, um, for people so that they can come to our site and read, um, more than just a tweet and get a little bit more detailed value. Um, so I'm going to do that. That's going to be my target. My, 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 um, direction is to build this into a massive international school. It's already become international, but what I want to do is I want to get a reach into pretty much every single country that can make film right now. That's what I, that's my vision, but that's a very big direction, right? My aim right now is to start getting, um, a community of active students that are actually participating in our content and helping each other. But my target as of today is to write this one blog. 
and then I'll determine what my next target is after this blog is done. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of how I would tell people to do it. So pick your direction. This is kind of your dream. Your aim is what you want to kind of build more immediately, say in the next, let's say the next month, the next three months, maybe even the next year, if you want to put it too far, but you know, why don't you put it in the next month? And then right now, every single day or every few days or every week, you're going to pick a new target that you know you can do. And basically it should work like this. If you hit every single target within your aim, you should achieve your aim. And if you hit every single aim within your direction, you should hit your dream, which is your direction. So that's what I would say for people right now. And it's going to be relative to you, whatever you want to do. So if you're an actor, um, you might say, well, I'm going to pick up some sides that are on casting workbook or actors access or something, and I'm going to memorize them. And that's going to be my first target because I can do that today. And then tomorrow I'm going to put that on tape and that's going to be my next target. And then after I put that on tape, I'm going to, you know, my next target is to send it to my agent or send it to someone I trust, my teacher, whoever, for feedback to hear what they have to say. And then you're going to set a new target, but your direction, like your direction might be to be this big successful actor. Your aim is to start getting more auditions or to get auditions for the roles you want to be going out for. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's my, I know that sounds a little complicated, but I think that if people started doing that and whatever they're doing, they're going to find, they're going to get the success they're looking for. And they're going to pretty soon, they're going to start making money. So, you know, I think what happens is people have a direction, but they're too, or they don't have any direction and they're aimless. They have a direction, but they're, it's too big. It's too general. They, or better, they have an aim, but they don't know where the target is. So it doesn't really matter where they're aiming. And then people who really succeed have targets, but, but you could have a target, but be moving in the wrong direction. And if your target isn't in the direction you're moving, you'll never hit it anyway, because you're mm -hmm. not even looking over there. So you got to get in the direction of your target too, right? So it all kind of symbiotically works together. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? Well, I just shared what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the same thing yeah. that you guys are going to do. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. write my blog and, uh, you know, that's going to be my target for the next day. And then I'm going to move on and I'm, I'm going to actually, uh, really apply this process more. Um, and it's been great kind of talking about it. You know, it's funny you share something and it becomes more instilled in you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this has been great, man. What, what do you want to take away? What are you going to do for me? My takeaway is I'm for me, like the, what this is the conversation has stirred is, is I'm really interested in finding and finding a new way to get my sort of message out there. Okay. A way that like, I haven't thought of, you know, to break away from, from tradition. It's like, what, what is another way that I can, I can speak to people? What is something I haven't tried yet? Um, and I'm thinking specifically in terms of like with, um, with my, with my own school, with, with working with actors and stuff. It's like, what's a way that I can, I can give value to people that I haven't thought of that I can be on my message. I can speak to the people who, um, who are really looking for what I do. And, uh, yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to, so I, as something concrete, I'm going to, I'm going to write out seven different things that I can do to give people value. Okay. Yeah. So seven different things that you can do to get people value. Now you're going to do that by the end of today or you can do it by the end of tomorrow. I'm doing mine by the end of tomorrow. I'll do mine by the end of tomorrow. Okay. 
So we'll check in and we'll hold each other accountable. Here's another thing I'll just throw out for everyone else. Pick a buddy or a friend or somebody, anybody, who will hold you accountable to hitting your target within a day or two from now or a week from now. And who someone, you can do the same for Someone who's well. actually going to go like and call you on it and ask you why you didn't do it if you didn't do it, you know? And, and, and pick the scariest person. You know, pick the person that you know is going to hold you accountable. Not the person who's like, it's okay, it was a tough week. No, your target is, you got to do it. You got to do it, just do your target. You don't have to achieve your whole, you know, you don't have to achieve the whole aim. You don't have to achieve the whole direction, the whole dream today. Just hit that one target today. You're going to yeah. feel so good. So you're writing out seven things. I'm writing out my value blog. We're going to do this tomorrow and we'll check in with each other. And everybody else, do the same. This is the B&E podcast. This is the B&E podcast <laughs> doing its B&E thing. Yeah. Go out and make some money. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.